Hey, my name is Akash Thakar, and this is Sound Business. This is the podcast where we dive into the mindsets and methods of some of the top musicians, sound designers, or audio creators in the world. We're going to interview everyone from plug-in makers, performing musicians, video game composers, and everything in between, and learn how they run a successful business and how they're making a killer living in the world of music and sound. My hope with this podcast is that you can be exposed to the many myriad different ways there are to make a killer living in the world of music and sound, and help you realize that there's no one right way to get to the top. And with that, let's get into the episode. My guest today is Bastian Gerner, who's a Foley artist based out of Dusseldorf, Germany. Bastian has worked in the film and game industries as a Foley artist for decades, and most recently worked as a full-time senior Foley artist for Ubisoft. Nowadays, on top of his freelancing business, he also coaches up-and-coming sound designers on breaking into the film and game industries, as well as how to record high-quality Foley using a home setup. In this episode, we talk about his career and how he got started with Foley in the first place, how he teaches up-and-coming sound designers the skills they need to succeed, why he decided to freelance instead of being a full-time employee forever, and so much more. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Bastian Gerner. So my first question is that you've worked as a Foley artist for a long time. You started in film, eventually transitioned over into games, have worked with companies like Ubisoft. But I'm curious about what that first kind of experience with Foley is, because it's not something that comes up super often with a lot of sound designers nowadays. They don't say, oh, I want to be a Foley artist. They say, I want to be a sound designer. But I'm curious where that came for you. So actually, the very first task I was confronted with in post-production as an intern, aspiring apprentice, was to uh, finish a Foley edit for a short movie. And uh, the fun fact about that was, I was actually the boom operator on set for that exact uh, short movie. But I had no idea about Foley editing and they just introduced me quickly to the tasks that I should do and they even didn't have a proper room for me. Uh, so I had to do this in a picture editing suite with some Avatone speakers. And yeah, I, I did it. And uh, eventually they also then took me as an apprentice, which was really like the goal and also like a great luck for me to get then to learn from those people for a couple of years. And then later on, after, you know, having edited like tons of Foley for years, there was an opportunity that my manager back then asked me if I want to become a Foley artist. And that was basically the only thing I haven't touched in post-production sound, doing the sounds myself. I recorded it, I edited it, I did sound design, I mixed movies, I did all that, but never been on the stage performing sounds myself. So after my apprenticeship, I was hired then as an intermediate sound effects editor. And after a couple of years in there, we built a post-production facility and there was also a recording studio included. And then I was asked basically two years before it was finished, if I want to become a full-time Foley artist and transition into that. So I had this two years time to make up my mind about it. And in that time, I found a mentor that convinced me that it is worth it for me to get into that career because I'm very talented. That's what That was his words. And I also found it to be really fun. So I decided to opt for it. And also because... At a certain point in my career, I was thinking like, okay, there's like two ways for me to go, either as a re-recording mixer or as a Foley artist. 
And I thought to myself, like, it's much more niche to become a Foley artist. And also it's something that is a bit more like you don't sit in front of a computer all the time. You know, you can do different things and stand up and be active. And can you tell me about what that mentor was teaching you? Because if someone asks, oh, go do Foley, do you just shrug and start hitting things in front of a microphone? How do you kind of figure that out, that art behind the skill? So the mentor was found, interestingly enough, while I was booking his studio for a mix back then. He owns like a facility with a 5.1 mixing stage and he has also this little hybrid ADR Foley studio. And he used to be a professional Foley artist in the 80s and 90s and he also trained a couple of people back then. One of those is also one of the most successful Foley artists in Germany, Carsten Richter. So I share the same mentor with him and his name is Carsten Rai. And then when I was like at his place, just mixing my movie there, we just had a chat about Foley and he was kind of bragging in that old school kind of way. Like, yeah, I can finish a movie in two days and you don't need even <laughs> edit it afterwards like too much because I do everything at once and you know, you cannot really edit that. And I said, yeah, okay, that's really interesting because... I come from a world where like in a cinema kind of approach, we have like five days of recording and then 10 days of editing for a low budget. And then, you know, we can upscale that. So I like took him by his words and then booked him as a Foley artist. So I had the opportunity to watch him do it. And then the second film, I booked him again and assisted him. And the, the third movie, I booked him again, but did it myself and just asked him when something was too overwhelming for me, like, can you please do that scene for me? And so, so I learned it really quickly because I knew all the things from all the other things I did previously, editing sounds, mixing movies myself, editing dialogue, sound effects, Foley. So I knew like how it should sound in the end. So the only thing I really had to learn was the performance and how to get the sound that I have in my mind already formed into the performance area then and then then record that so that was an interesting process which went basically very quickly because the hours let's say i spent with my mentor it's you can almost count that on two hands when the studio was finished i just took it from there and hit it off like one movie after the other for a couple of years and that was a very good school for me nice yeah you learned it by doing it and I'm wondering how that transition to games happened then, because a lot of Foley people don't really think about being a Foley artist specifically for games. That's not something that comes up very often. So how did that transition go for you? So we have like a Foley guild in Germany, little group. And then one of us, she worked as a freelance Foley artist for Ubisoft, and they wanted someone permanent in their Düsseldorf office. But she wasn't willing to make a move from Berlin to Düsseldorf. So she shared it in a whole group. And then, fun fact, again, I was the only one she kind of missed in that first email. And then after like a couple of days, she got back to me specifically and said like, ah, Bastian, uh, there's this thing I forgot to mention and here, have a look at it. And I was basically thinking, oh, what is this, Ubisoft? I have no idea about games. I don't think about working in games but okay let's have a look at that yeah and a friend of mine owns a uh, indie game studio so i called him and 
asked him like, look, there's this opportunity, Ubisoft, and he was like, ah, oh, Ubisoft, oh, that's a great opportunity. Yeah? If you work there for a couple of years, you can basically work everywhere. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then very quickly I realized that this is my chance to work on international titles. So that is always what I wanted to do in Berlin, working on films. But there was not really a way for me. So the only team I knew was Carsten Richter and his team, Hanse Warns, shoutouts. And I was kind of trying to get to work with them, invited them for lunch because our studios were kind of close to each other. And so they knew me and I made it very clear that I wanted to work with them, but there was not really space in the team for me. So, um, you know, I had to stick with my kind of projects, which were more like TV movies and like small time art house cinema stuff. But I wanted to work on the big international co-productions, 120 million budget uh, films and stuff like that. Then I realized, okay, Ubisoft, I can do that, but only with games. So that's really what I want to do. So I opted for that. Mm, perfect. Perfect. Now, in the process of working on games, did anything come up? differently with your craft? Were there things you had to consider that were completely different than film or was the process of you creating Foley for Ubisoft pretty much the same? No, it was a steep learning curve <laughs> <laughs> because I came in with my knowledge, like filtering all my Foley, you know, very intense to make it really work in the picture. And then the people for, that I worked with, they, they always came back to me like, ah, we're missing the high end and I was always responding, yeah, I think it should be like that. So I think it's good like that. And I said, no, we need the high end. And then eventually after a while, I understood that working with attenuation curves, you know, you have to have the full frequency bandwidth in order that the game engine can then do its magic, let's say, and the middleware. So I then changed my approach and also entered a whole new world of recording everything in 192 and using a high frequency mic in addition so that all the sounds I make are like maximum flexible to treat it afterwards in any way. And um, you know, these are the main things that I had to understand first and then also the way to perform Foley and to edit Foley is also completely different because in terms of editing, we have those single assets we deliver so let's say every footstep is one sound file and that is a lot of work to get that properly done. It has to be very sincerely edited so that the beginning is almost sample accurate and you have to always think about how the system is designed and it's a lot of iterations. And then in terms of performance, when I have a scene that is linear, I can just you know, hop on the movement and be in the moment with the movement. But even if I have like a gaming situation that is linear and afterwards I will have to break it up again in terms of single assets. Let's say a system has walk, run, sprint, jump, land, scuff, sneak. I can maybe perform it in sync to a picture for a while, but then I have to disconnect with that image and then contain the feeling of the movement in my performance but then make it different in the style I perform so that I can edit it better because if everything is like close to each other then it's hard to edit nice tales so 
these things are very essential. So imagine like you have a performance inside your body, you feel it, you know what you do, and then you have to like stop it and transform that to another movement that should then mimic what you just felt. And that's difficult, but interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, you've mentioned earlier all the skills that you did in audio kind of before getting into Foley, you know, editing, boom operating, all this sort of stuff. And there are a lot of beginners out there listening to this thinking, oh my God, I can't possibly learn all this stuff. That's impossible. No way. So what do you tell these beginners who are just getting started, who maybe want to do something like you, want to get into Foley, want to get into sound design? Where should they even start? What skill set is kind of the important first step? I think a basic understanding of audio in general is necessary. So let's say a little bit about signal flow, a little bit about using a microphone, a little bit about working with a door, what is a compressor, what is a limiter, what is an EQ. I mean, that is like basic stuff everyone should really get their head around. And after that, I think it is kind of necessary, at least that was my experience, to really sit next to someone who is already doing the thing you want to do. Because that gives perspective. And especially when we talk about post-production sound for linear media, I mean, like a dialogue editing, even though I was sitting next to people that did it for years, the first task I was tasked with myself was like, okay, I have now this session, I opened it up and I didn't know what to do. Even though I was sitting next to someone for maybe one, two, three hours, but still I was kind of really lost. And then only by being lost, I then eventually found the right questions to ask next. And that's how I got started. So having people around who know things is really essential in, in my life, even now. Of course, with YouTube and internet, you can learn so many things. And that's also very cool. Still, I think someone like physical even if it's online, that, that can tell you things you want to know is very valuable. Mm, that makes sense. And you do a lot of mentoring, teaching, coaching, that sort of stuff with people who want to break into this field. So I want to hear from you what sorts of things that you're teaching them that may be things like YouTube or school or things like that aren't necessarily getting to and what angles you take that with, like what angles you approach teaching with. So first of all, I enjoy teaching a lot. And I, I realized that by just having some assignments here and there, talking about Foley at some schools or universities. And I always ended those days like very fulfilled and happy. So even though I was talking a lot, but I talked about the things I love. So the first thing why I wanted to do this and my approach is that I want to show the things I know on real industry projects. So that's maybe the difference that my teachings have for beginners i'm offering this group coaching so my idea is to get through all those topics i mentioned dialogue editing adr foley mixing sound design and then show my projects up to a certain extent or maybe i find one movie that we can really use for that and then i have the aaf file so people can then start importing everything and then we start like how we start editing this and then how do we do the ADR list for that how do we start editing the sound effects what is the focus in Foley here and then how do we set up the mixing template for that how's the routing and everything 
that is my idea and my vision for the group coaching. And then for Foley coaching one-on-one -on -one with uh, professionals, I want to give the ability that you can record your own sound effects and even Foley in your editing suite or home studio or mixing suite, which I also do myself here in my studio. And that is really also a big vision of mine you know to to change the industry not by taking foley artists uh, some jobs they wouldn't get anymore but more like giving those people who cannot afford a proper foley session the ability to do it themselves in their edit suite instead of using like midi clicking tools so that is something that is so cool and i realized that with my first coaches that i had Shoutouts Jonas in the middle of Paris in his 10 square meter audio room. He managed to record Foley for a full scene, you know, with wood footsteps and body cloth movement and everything. And it sounded really good. And the same goes for Wouter in the Netherlands. He did that as well for another scene. So seeing those people who don't come from Foley performing their own sounds and getting those little tips and tricks from my end in terms of how to build those modular surfaces, how to decouple it from the floor, how to set up the microphones and use my special kind of low-end trick with the SM7. These things, it takes four weeks to get them at that stage that they can use the setup as I use mine. And then we use the another four weeks to uh, tackle their specific needs. So I show them the basic techniques of footsteps, cloth movement. We handle props together and then we look into their projects or like the sounds they want to record next or, you know, whatever they need. And this is great fun. And I think the sound or media industry can be improved by that using people's creativity more. Mm, amazing. Now, when you see these people coming into group coaching or one-on-one, -on -one, is there a skill that you're seeing missing a lot maybe something that's more universal across beginners or intermediate or people like that is there something like oh wow a lot of people are missing xyz skill or does it seem pretty different for everybody a very senior audio director uh, from canada recently said to me that younger people seem to miss these days the art form of layering sounds mm -hmm. just organically use sounds and layer them without treating them with tons of plugins or making everything through a granular synth. That is maybe something people are missing these days. Fortunately, I come from that era, so I still approach my design work like that. Although I also appreciate all the things that are new, but I think to get an idea of the organic nature of sound first and layer something that sounds cool already without any treatment, and that's also the same when I talked to music mixers that reached a high level. Uh, what they told me is like, in the end, the most important thing is leveling. It's not compression EQ. It's like having your tracks on the board and, and 0.2 dB can be the difference for a good or a bad mix. So that's maybe something, but I don't know actually. Sure. And when it comes to maybe non-audio skills, because there's more to this than just being good at sound design, are there things that you kind of impart to your students or teach or want people to know about? Again, especially if you work with other people and perform your craft at the same time, 
which I believe is more the case if you work in post-production than in game audio. You can correct me because I think you have more experience in game audio. I have all this, this sole experience working at Ubisoft for four years. But working with people, the social skills are even more important than your audio skills. So I, I think the audio part has to be intrinsic, like natural already to your whole being. And you cannot spend energy on thinking about how to operate your audio. That has to be like just going, like driving a car. And if you're at that level, then you can be really fully focused on your client's needs and all the this, this slight differences maybe people have in the room and then you even them out and bring everyone together. And it's that part that is really important apart from audio. That all makes sense. Very cool. So something I'm seeing more and more with maybe younger people is they seem to feel that sound design is becoming more commoditized. You know, some people will just buy a library and say, oh, I got it. Let me just pop these sounds in. It's good enough. What do you have to say to that? What is the kind of counter to it becoming more commoditized, cheaper, easier in air quotes? What do you say to that? On the one hand, it's cool that we have those subscription models that enables us to use like music and sound effects just with a, I don't know, $10 investment every month. And on the other hand, custom sound effects are being produced more than ever. And so many people start their own business with that and others even share their sounds for free. So I think this is a great opportunity for everyone to explore sound and touch more with it. From a business perspective, my angle is that I want to provide custom sounds on the highest level. So I'm not affected by that. I'm thinking about giving maybe sample packs for free or maybe later on selling my own sound effects. But that's not my main focus. I mainly focus more on working with clients and cater the specific sounds they need. They cannot get from libraries. So that is something I, I want to be challenged with. Now, you've worked in film, you've worked in AAA, you've done freelance, you kind of have a good mix there. In all of those worlds, there are kind of different ways to stand out for people to be like, oh, you're cool, come on board, let's hire you. What would you say they are in terms of film, AAA, and freelance, how people should find you, how people can even discover, oh, that's a good audio person that I should hire, because a director might not even have a clue what good or bad audio is. To me, at the moment, the answer is social media and, uh, you know, making yourself known out there through online presence and that's also the the path i'm following and it works out pretty well for me of course i have a certain skill set and i also like doing that so everyone knows themselves best but still i think if you're not promoting yourself in a smart way it's difficult to to be hired or be freelance anyhow because okay let's say post-production sound it's very difficult to be freelancing in that field because the whole industry is ruled by big post-production facilities that have contracts with the production companies and they make like big budget offers for multiple package films and then they offer picture editing, sound editing, everything in, in one go. 
And as a freelancer, you cannot compete with those prices. So you have to work then with the post-production facilities as a subcontractor. And um, that is only a way to earn a little money. For me, that's not fair, you know. I always say like, I love Foley editing, but I've not built a 100,000 euro studio to work for 380 euros gross per day. I see bigger opportunities with the internet and also, for example, working here in, in my studio as a Foley artist, then I can charge for my studio on top of that. And I can even charge for me being the Foley mixer at the same time. So that is already another price range. Let's say 1,500 euros per day. That makes more sense for me. And uh, for game audio, I think it's the same if you want to work for a, a indie company or a AAA company. You have to be interesting and you have to um, present yourself to be reliable, skillful, and also that people get the idea that it is good having you around and that it's fun to be with you. So if you have, find a way to to share that with people, it's very helpful and very useful. And other than that, I think passion about the whole thing is very important. And if you show people that you're very passionate about this and that this is what you want to really do, that is also something that convinces maybe in a um, interview or something. But how to get that interview, that's the first question, right? So either you have a little bit of credits already and that is your reputation or you um, you make it clear to the person that is actually hiring that you are the one. And everyone has to find his or her way, their way to uh, to get to that point. Yeah. Now you mentioned promoting yourself on social media. How do you go about it? Like what's your kind of angle for people who haven't seen your pages and does that work for directors or you know filmmakers things like that are those the people who reach out to you or is it mostly audio people reaching out to you and what kind of angle do you take there so this whole social media thing was clear to me already two years ago so when i planned this studio i knew that i want to optimize the whole thing for creating content or videos in here so i have professional film lighting cameras everything is designed to do normal audio work in here but also record content while doing this and finding the right way to produce that content it took me a while and there was this one person from Brazil who really made the difference for me. So shout outs Israel Branco from uh, Audiophilico. He approached me when I had like 200 followers and said like, hey, I have a Foley Tuesday thing on my page and I post random Foley content there. Maybe you want to make a video and I post it there. And then he forced me to come up with something like a short format thing. And I was being busy building the studio, making everything work, getting my camera into OBS and Link Pro Tools so that I get the sound from there. And it was always like, ah, oh, this big chunk of work I have to finish before I can get the real content creation done. And then I had always during that time in mind, okay, I have to also find like a short format thing that could be cool. And then when he approached me, we had like a two-hour meeting just he shared his vision for social media with me and then I was forced to do like one or two videos in an hour because I had to catch a train or something and then I just did it 
just recorded it quickly and then everything fell into place kind of and i came up with that name the foley teacher i had this little sentence in the end and this was not really planned but somehow subconsciously you know i have worked on that maybe one or two years and then that really started to work so i i did build an audience within three months now basically like the first four months maybe was like yeah 200 followers and now i have almost 40,000. only by posting every day and finding a right format that is the two key things luckily many audio people and music people who tell me that is also inspiring for them for their music process uh, but also directors and dops and people from other industries but mainly focused around media let's say yeah yeah, you hit on something really important where you, initially you needed to set everything up. It was this huge chunk of work, but eventually you kind of streamlined it to the point where it's just hit, go, record, post it. So can you talk to people who think they need to make this perfect thing every time they post? Because that's the common barrier I see is newer people thinking, well, it's going to take me seven hours to make one post. How could I do that? Yeah. So one sentence that helped me a lot was... Always compare yourself to yourself the day before and not to the big influencers you admire. So that was helpful. And the other thing was realizing that my iPhone is a real golden tool. So many videos, especially in the beginning and still up to this day, I'm using the iPhone because it records the sound good enough in most cases and the camera is just amazing and i have so many technical issues with my sony cameras and i'm still working on that to make them really integrate into my workflow easily so having the phone is a real asset everyone can use and then you don't even need the proper lighting and you just need a, a good idea and just start because then you can build the momentum until to the point where you have everything set up maybe, or you don't even have to. Now, when you are kind of in this zone where you're working with clients, you're posting to social media, how do you balance all of that? Because that is another thing I see come up is people be like, I'm too busy, I, I can't promote myself. So how do you, how do you kind of do the, both at the same time? It's setting priorities. I mean, once you realize that Promoting yourself is the number one key to getting clients and to be known and to having a network being built around you without you building it, then it makes sense to, to make this a priority. And now I also try to, as I'm getting more clients and doing more work, because I'm now full-time freelance, before that I was working for Ubisoft most of the day and then maybe recording some content and then editing that at night and then posting it so the first couple of weeks have been really like uh, challenging because sometimes i was so tired that i had to after bringing my daughter to bed i slept myself for two hours and then i stood up again recorded something edited it until the middle of the night and then went to bed again for three hours and then stood up and you know some pain has to be there maybe yeah if you're busy and now i'm trying to create one day of the week make time there that i can create content on that day and 
what I actually start doing now is also like just record myself while I'm doing real work, not showing the picture, you know, in terms of the NDAs, but showing myself doing the work and then I can use that as content. One day I did three live streams on one day, just recording Foley for a cinema documentary. And I think that totaled in almost two hours of video content. So on Sunday, I was just chilling out in the bathtub and going through this content. And then I managed to get like five or six excerpts out of 40 minutes of that content. And now my job is only to fine-tune those five, six elements. Some are shorter, some are longer, like from 10 seconds up to 1 minute 30. And then I always try to get it to one minute. And if not possible, maximum 130. And one of those reels has already 50,000 views. And the others maybe not, but one of those is as successful as the other that I specifically produced. So that's my angle. If you're busy, then record being busy and edit that yourself. And if you're so wealthy that you can hire someone, then edits it for you. Mm -hmm. Love it. Now, you've had all these years of experience. You've, you know, you're on the social media train now. But I'm curious, what are you focused on learning? Like, what's kind of the next step for you? It could be audio related or not. Business. I want to learn all about business. Transactions, deals, investments. This is something I'm really stoked about and realizing that not being an employee enables you to become wealthy. Mm -hmm, yes. And there's like one sentence that really triggered it for me because I was talking with a colleague back then a couple of years ago and I was like blabbering around like, yeah, okay, now I'm getting that amount of salary and if I evolve into an expert sound designer and then the 10 years on top of that, maybe the salary ends up being like that. And then he said, bro, if you want to talk money, don't talk salary. <laughs> And that really opened my eyes. So I'm pretty confident that I try everything. And then, of course, being decoupled from the result is also very helpful because I want to make a killing. But if it's not happening, I at least had fun trying. Mm, I love that. Yeah, not enough people realize this because I think people will go into wanting to get this big studio job out of safety and think that it'll you know last them forever and then not explore the freelance option so what kind of spurred you to kind of start the freelance option because a lot of people will just stay at that job forever as long as they can i was thinking to do that as well i remember when i started at ub i was meeting my mentor back in berlin and telling him like yeah i'm planning working there at least for 10 years and he's she just said bastian like I don't think so. I think you get bored way earlier than that. Mm -hmm. oh, no. And then one or two years later, I realized what he meant. And building that studio and starting with my whole idea of becoming a influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call it, I realized that this is a real opportunity for me to transition into another direction, especially also with the coaching and Freelancing now also makes more sense to me because I have now a reach that enables me to get international clients and also that Ubisoft 
is willing to continue working with me as a freelancer and then being able to even also work with other companies or also consulting big gaming companies is something I'm doing and I want to do more because there is such a chance for me, you know, to get the things I learned and transmit it to others in a useful way because there's only so many places in the world and maybe you can count that on one hand that are willing to build a $1 million Foley stage and hire one or two senior people, especially for games. But imagine all the people that work around there, like hundreds of audio designers that are creative, that are knowledgeable, that are super talented, and then just enable them with a little like one square meter thingy in the corner of their workplace and give them a bit of budget to buy props and then you can transform the whole workplace into a much more creative, interactive, fun place without investing millions. And that's what I want to do. That's awesome. Now, one question that I ask everybody who comes on the show as we start to kind of wrap up is when you first started, and that could be when you were a boom operator, when you started doing Foley, how did you define success? And over time, how has that changed and how do you define it now? Hmm. Success was always for me doing what I want to do. And luckily, I always did that. So now it's still the same. But as I said, it transitioned from wanting to be employed into wanting to be an entrepreneur, to be honest. Very nice. Now, last question, where can people find you? Plug anything you want. It's the Foley teacher, like at the underscore Foley underscore teacher on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, even Twitter. Although I don't know how to use that yet. <laughs> but yeah, that's my tag and um, I'm there. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time today. This is great. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening as always. And considering I work in the world of video game, music, and sound, and so many people are always asking me how they break into that field, I have a newsletter set up for you. So if you want to learn how to make music and sound effects for video games and actually be paid to do it, just go to bit.ly forward slash sound biz pod. Sound B-I-Z pod. And that newsletter will set you up with two free courses and a bunch of free ebooks and even sound effects that'll get you set up and teach you how to work in the world of video game music and sound. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. And if you're looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to, this podcast is actually a part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. So if you want to check those out, hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.